Hello and welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. In this episode, you will discover why networking does not need to be stressful, why everyone you ever need to meet is in your network, and if you focus on giving, you'll find opportunity to gain. Uh, we are here with another amazing guest, uh, Michael Whitehouse. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you, and we're talking about how to network without being salesy or awkward. Now, as usual, if you're watching or listening, please make sure to like the show, uh, subscribe, and if you have any questions, put your questions about networking and what we're talking about in a comment, and we will answer it live and or before the show. If you know a friend, a business owner, an entrepreneur, an executive that could benefit from improving their networking skills, tag them as a comment on social media and or send them the link of the show and share the love feel free to share the show on whichever channel that you're watching with your uh network and help them uh into this amazing topic that we're going to talk about which is essential to business and business growth so um let me do the introduction to michael and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation Michael Whitehouse is the guy who knows a guy. In 2014, he came to Groton, Connecticut, knowing no one at all. A year later, after diving into networking with both feet, he was a major connector in the local community. In 2020, he went global and began connecting entrepreneurs, investors, speakers, and others around the world to people they need to know. He offers his services as a networking concierge making connections and building strategic alliances around the world he is the host of the daily morning motivation podcast and the guy who knows a guy interview podcast welcome michael thank you it's great to be here great to have you um you're in groton connecticut did i say it right you did i was impressed and, very and few what's the weather like uh it's uh it's i think it's in the 50s sunny Beautiful. How's your day so far? It's going pretty good. Although I, I was a couple minutes late to this because of an introduction you made for me, because you're also quite a connector yourself. So, yeah. So I blame you for making me late with all those introductions. All good. They were too I'm not going to make any good introductions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, shoot. That didn't work. That's not how I'm supposed to do that. Hey, all good. So, Michael, we're talking about how to network without being salesy and awkward. And I think a lot of people have fears of that fears of being salesy or awkward which we're going to tap into but before we we do that let's start by telling us your story what is your story yeah so so i got started networking as you mentioned in the in the bio there by starting by knowing nobody moving to a new area and just jumping with both feet because i am a super extrovert and i met with you know so i went to every business after hours before hours ribbon cutting like i would have shown up for the opening of an envelope and I started making all these connections because I was ignorant on fire. I didn't know what to do. So I did a lot of it. And then flash forward to the, the pandemic times, things went online and I was able to start making bigger, better connections because I was no longer limited to who I knew where I am in Southeast Connecticut. Cause in Southeast Connecticut, fairly small area, as I say, Southeast Connecticut isn't even the commercial center of Southeast Connecticut. And uh, thanks for the testimonial there. Uh, it, it's not even the commercial center of Southeast Connecticut. So, you know, the, the big things, it's a nice place, a beautiful place to live, but the big things aren't happening here. So once I was able to go online, 
I was able to start making bigger, better connections and really more, more meaningful. And a lot of people hear the first part of my story. And they're like, well, I'm not an extrovert, so I, I can't really network like that. And the good news is you don't have to be, you, you can, you can make up for a lot of things by just excessive force and energy. And that's what I did. You know, you put enough time, enough brute force in anything, it'll eventually work. But rather than that, what's what I've discovered is more effective is that the more powerful connections come from actually getting to know people, making the connections. And it's that it's in those follow-ups and through the personal relationships, like, you know, Mustafa, you and I, we've introduced each other to half a dozen each way, I think at this point, after meeting a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. I'm on your show, you're going to be on my show. You know, we're making those connections. And we didn't, you know, we didn't meet at an event. Another networking event uh, a few weeks ago. With okay, yeah, we did. We did meet. Yeah. Although we know so many people in common, we would have eventually been introduced. Because exactly. yeah, we're going names like, oh, I know him. Oh, I know, I know her. Oh, I know her. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, even if you don't go to the events, the, the value can come in making those, those directing connections. That's really the end result is, is making those uh, relationships. And, and getting back to the, the question you had about how people are awkward at events, they're not sure what to do, not sure what to say. I think a lot of it comes from, they don't know what they're trying to do. If I say, go talk to that person, but you don't know who they are or why you're talking to them, it's going to be really awkward. Cause you're going to be like, Hey, so how you doing? Whereas if I say, go ask that person for directions to the mall, you're going to say, hey, do you mind if I ask you for directions to the mall? You know what you're there to do. So I think a lot of people in networking conversations don't know what they're there to do. And that's why it gets awkward. And they get salesy because they default. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to pitch you because I don't know anything else to say. And right. um, in the next few minutes, teaser, in the next few minutes, we're going to actually share some of the things that, um, you know, some of the things that you actually can say and focus on to avoid that awkwardness and salesiness. Got it. So um, what do you do these days and who do you serve? Um, so I am, well, I do a number of things, but my main business, I'm a networking concierge and I serve successful entrepreneurs who are too busy to spend all the time networking. So I spend probably 25 hours a week networking, maybe more between the events I go to, the one-on-ones I do, the connections, uh, my podcast form networking. And a lot of the people that I uh you know, the people I work with, they need to make these connections, but they don't have 25 hours a week. They might have maybe two and a half hours a week, but they don't have time to go to these events. But they know that their next million dollar partner could be at that event or could be in one of those one-to-ones or could be, but they don't have the time to do that. So they hire me to go to the event and meet all the people. And, and it works for me because I've discovered I literally cannot do anything else. I can try to work some other job, but I'll just keep doing more one-to-ones. So they take advantage of my inability to not network, to go do the networking for them. And then as I'm meeting all these people, I will then, I'll then say, oh, yeah, you know who you need to meet? You need to meet Dan. You know, you need to meet Joe. You need to meet Susie. So I do the 25 hours of, of meeting all the people and then maybe introduce them to three or four that they should talk to which is the result networking would have gotten them, but without having to put all the time in. Love it. Michael, what is it about networking that you like and enjoy? Like, what is your, do you know your why? Um, so those are two different questions. What I enjoy about it is I'm a hyper extrovert and I just love talking to people. 
So if, if I'm talking to people, whether it's on a show or a one-to-one or in a coffee shop, party, business meeting, whatever, I, I draw energy. Now, the, the, the technical definition of extrovert versus introvert is if you draw energy from being alone or draw energy from being with people. And I am about 105% to the extrovert side. So I just love talking to people and connecting and engaging. Hmm. The why of it and, and what I the value I try to create from it is that for almost any problem someone has, there is someone who is the solution. If they could meet the right person, that person might have an answer for them, an idea. That person might be an investor. That person might be a partner. That person might be an employee. But there is someone who is the answer to their problem. And I love solving problems. I, you know, sometimes I train myself because some people don't want their problem solved. So, you know, they just want to be listened to. And if anyone's a friend of mine, they hopefully know if they want to be listened to, they need to be like, Michael, I need you to not solve this problem and just listen. Because otherwise, I, I, I will just be like, all right, yo, so we work on that. I know some people. I'm introduced to someone. Let me make a call. And they're like, I just wanted to talk. So, but I love solving problems. You know, you give me a, a puzzle like that and I want to work on it. And the satisfaction of being able to do that, especially early on in my career when I didn't have much to offer. I was just this guy. I was new in town. I was a car salesman for a while. I was a printing salesman. I had nothing to really bring to the table except the fact that I knew people and I could make connections. So I'd get into a conversation and be like, I want this to be a valuable use of their time. And the way I know I can do that is I can make sure I introduce them to someone who's going to help them. And I kind of did that more and more and more. And eventually it was like, wow, I bring a lot to the table with my network now. I could, this isn't just me justifying my existence. This is like a business. This is worth money. And yeah. and that's how it went from, you know, went from kind of a, a hobby to overcome my own imposter syndrome to something of real value. Um, and I think it happens to a lot of people. They, they become really good at something because they're like, oh, I'm taking up space. How do I make myself worth my space? And for me, it was about, you know, the way I knew I could do it was making connections. I could help people find jobs. I could help people find clients. I could help people find partners and um, just kept doing it and do it until I got really good at it. Love it. Yeah, I think what, what you do there by meeting people and connecting people, a, a, a lot of introverts have a really hard time doing that. And a lot of people who actually think they're extroverts have a hard time with that as well. And or maybe they lack the knowledge and the skills to do it. And like you said, they don't know what to say, like showing mm -hmm. up to an event. Hey, how's it going? Good. Do you come here often? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a great question. But uh, and then they run out of things to say. But someone mm -hmm. like yourself who has mastered it, then you do it just automatically now. And it's on it's an autopilot, right? Yeah. Now, Michael, how did you go from local to international? What was the story there? Um, well, first of all, I want to address something you you said uh, briefly that I think would be helpful to a lot of a lot of the viewers um, is that the, the the one key to to mastering the conversation not being awkward is that solving of the problem. Because if you go in saying I'm going to solve a problem for this person, that's why I'm here. I'm not here to sell them. I'm not here to whatever. I'm here to solve a problem. Now, when you think, what questions should I ask? Well, I should ask the questions to find out what they do and thus what problems they have. What should I say? Say things that'll help you identify problems so you can solve them. So if you have that objective, then, then that makes that makes that a lot easier. Uh, but to answer your the question you actually asked about going to international, 
So March 13th, 2020, which most people don't remember was a Friday the 13th, at least when Connecticut locked down. Friday the 13th in March of 2020, uh, everything, you know, locked down. And I got a notification from from my BNI, from BNI, I was in a BNI chapter, and they said, we're all going online, we're going to be going on Zoom. And I had this epiphany at that moment. I said, if our chapter is going on Zoom, everyone else's chapter is going on Zoom. And wouldn't it be fun to visit chapters all over the world? How cool would that be? At the time, I was still a local magazine publisher. I had no thoughts of changing my business or anything else, but it just seemed like it'd be a fun thing to do. So I went to a, a, B, a, a BNI Facebook group, BNI members group, and I said, hey, everything's going online. I'd love to visit some chapters around the world. Who would like to be visited? And the cool thing is, of course, the best chapters are the ones who responded. Because if your chapter is kind of mediocre, you're not going to be like, hey, come visit me. But the really, you know, really good, really organized ones reached out to me. So the first thing I was doing was I visited a chapter in Malaysia. I visited one in Melbourne. I visited one in Washington State, uh, Canada visited one in England. That one was tough. That was 1.30 a.m. local time to me. So didn't do England again. But I visited chapters all over the world. And I got to make these connections and see how it was done. And from there, once I realized this was a thing, um, I started finding more opportunities. I got invited to, to other events, met some other people through BNI in different places. And uh, I, I also met a coach who taught me a, a, a strategy for selling coaching services virtual. And so I started applying that and building a business and exploring in that direction. And then in 2021, I ended up running uh, my own virtual summit called Conference 21 because you remember back in 2020 where the end of the year would solve everything? It was 2020's fault, right? January 1st, everything will be great. So I Conference 21 was going to celebrate the 2021-ness of 2021 and how it would just be so much of a better year. <laughs> we were so young and yeah. then. But <laughs> so I ran this summit and through the summit, I got to meet more people who wanted to be part of the summit because there weren't a lot of virtual summits going on yet. Um, and it was very, you know, very experimental. It worked out really well. Made a lot of connections. Didn't make a lot of money, but it was a great event. I got to make more connections through that. I joined some uh, Facebook communities that got me connected. And just one thing led to another, led to another. I got invited to an event. I got invited to a networking thing. I got invited and one introduction after another, one event after another. And it was just a matter of, I just kept going and saying, Ooh, what's over here? Ooh, what's over here? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> going back to what you said, did you send a message to BNI chapter saying who wants me to visit their chapter? Is that what, what happened? No, it was a Facebook group. So there's a Facebook group for BNI members around the world. And I posted in there saying, who wants me? I want to come visit. Because here's the thing that I did with BNI, because I was also a BNI member forever. And mm -hmm. I did this recently. I went on the BNI site and I searched for uh, BNI chapters who have a size of 20 or 30 or more people in there mm. and looked for BNI chapters who permanently meet online. And I actually visited a couple of them yep. and I presented what I do and I'm set up other meetings. So th this is a strategy that looks like it's been working for both of us. Hmm. And uh, it's uh, uh, it's good. Yeah. I love how you do. And so what, what's really nice and uh, uh, critical here is you put the word out there saying you're open to visiting other chapters. Who wants me in? And a bunch mm -hmm. of people obviously said, we would love to have you. 
why don't you come and visit our networking event and and uh, the rest of it. Wow, that's interesting. Do you have any tips for people to find on how they can find other networking events where they could go in and um, find networking events to meet other people? Uh, so actually, there's a, a a great networker named Robert Butwin. He has been an effective networker for longer than I've been alive. Um, and he actually created a list, a PDF list of, um, of 50 online networking events that are going on around the country of different kinds. Um, I think most of them are free, not all of them. Um, it's, and I was not expecting to be asked this. So Robert Hooligan? Uh, Butwin. B-U-T-W-I-N. B-U-T-W-I-N? Yes. Hmm. And uh, let me see if I can find it. Yep. You can you certainly, he's, he's on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash in slash Robert Butwin. It would be and nice. the slogan is, fun. when you work with Robert, you can't help but win. Oh, I like guy. that. Um, but yeah, if you go to, I mean, if you look him up on LinkedIn, um, I actually send out to my, um, I, I have on my email list, somebody sends out a resource every week and it, you know, check out this person, check out this Ted talk, whatnot. And one of the emails I send out is check out Robert Butwin's vault, which includes, um, includes his list, but I'm sure you can also just find him on LinkedIn. He sent him a message to be like, Hey, I heard you have a list of networking events. I'd love to get it from you. So I am going to look for it. And by the end of our show here, if I could find it, I'll post a link here so other people could um, post it. But let's get into uh, that's, by the way, gang, if you're if you uh, heard or uh, what we just said, Robert Butwin seems to have a list of 50 networking events across U.S. Is that correct, Michael? Yes. Yep. And, and, and a couple. Yep. And also there's a couple of the good ones that I know. Um, there's uh, Frank Egan was the networking hub which is a, a great group for um, for people who are just positively minded giving kind of people. It's uh, I think the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, it's networking, I wanna say networking-hub.com, um, something along those lines. Um, and uh, Success Champions Network is something I'm part of. It's it's sort of a an un-BNI. Um, it's a different, it's a slightly looser structure, um, a little bit more rowdy. In a fun way, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's something I'm part of. You can find you can search up Success Champions Network. You find they they're they're chapter based, but they're more unified than BNI. BNI is like each chapter sort of its own island. Success yeah. Champions, it's one community that meets in a group of chapters because you can't have 500 people come to a meeting. You got it. Um, and they're they're so, locally focused. So those are two of the two really good ones. Got it. So, gang, if you're watching or listening, if you're interested, go back and listen to the names that Michael just shared. Google it, join them, check them out so you can uh, either go network with them and or get some practice in to become better at networking because this is an essential um, business skill mm -hmm. that any business owner needs to have. And once you get busy to a point where you can't do it yourself, then you can hire someone like Michael to do it for you. And then you just... Um, you know reap the benefits of that now michael why are people so anxious about approaching uh, strangers at networking events uh well i think so they don't know that they don't know why they're doing it is part of the problem and so they, so they don't have that that goal in mind i think there's also a fear of rejection 
you know, to most people, a networking event feels like a party. And so, you know, if you want to approach a stranger to party, like, how's that going to go? I don't know. Maybe it'll go well, maybe it'll go poorly. So uh, a couple things I like to point out about that. The first one is if you're at a networking event, most people went there to, this is going to shock you, network. Most people at a networking event went there to network. They went there to meet people. And they are more afraid of you than you are of them. Well, maybe equally afraid. But most people at a networking event are anxious. So if you approach them, they say, oh, thank God someone's talking to me. I was worried I was going to have to approach a stranger. Thank God this stranger approached me. Uh, a lot of people at these events, you look out of the event, you see a bunch of people talking to each other. And so you're thinking, oh, they already know each other. But if you see people in an engrossed conversation for 30 minutes, it's one of two things. Either they already know each other, like from before, and they're talking about business and stories in life, and they really shouldn't be talking at the networking event because that should be at a one-on-one or a phone call or something because they're here to meet people. Or they just met for the first time and that's why we're all the basic questions. Oh, so what do you do? How long have you been doing that? Why do you like doing that? Who is your ideal client? All those questions are still interesting because they're meeting for the first time. So in this, if it's the group people already know each other and you approach them, they will probably, hopefully, be welcoming because they know they're there for a reason and they are just holding on to each other like life rafts. Uh, so to you show up, they're like, oh, good, I can meet someone. I can tell my boss when I go back to the office that I, met, I made a connection. Or, or they're paying for themselves and they can say, oh, good, I met someone. Maybe this is what I came here for. And if they're meeting for the first time, you can kind of drift into the orbit of that conversation and listen in because they're going through their whole introduction bio, right? Where do you, where do you work and how long have you been there and how many kids do you have, blah, 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 blah. You can just listen in. If they are polite, alert people, they will eventually be like, oh, hi, and welcome. And, uh, and, you know, welcome to our group. Well, what do you do for work? And bring you into the conversation. If they're not, you just wait until there's an opening and then and grab onto it. Um, but, you know, the key thing to remember is people are at network events or they're network. They're there to meet people. And if they're all talking to each other, it's because they're too anxious about the possibility of having to go approach another stranger to leave that conversation. So it, it ends up being, um, you know, so it's not just people standing there being like, all right, I'm ready to meet people. No one ever says that because they're used to the party where if you're standing by yourself, you're a loser. And who wants to be that? So sweet. I got a friend. Um, but the thing that will really help is, is knowing that when you get in that conversation, what are you there to do? And my default, I like to say solve a problem, but it could be anything. It's just knowing what the goal is. Is it to set up a follow-up one-on-one appointment? Is it to see if there might be a prospect? Is it to connect them to someone else in the room? Whatever it is, just know what you're there to do, and that's going to be easier when you get in the conversation because now you know what you're there for. Love it. Uh, uh, the way I phrase that is, is is setting my intentions. Yes. And I'm like, I need to know my intentions when I'm going in. What am I trying to achieve? Which is critical. Mm -hmm. Do I? And I'm uh, uh, adding to what you you put there, which is amazing, is like I actually set a number for uh, myself. I need to mm -hmm. meet five people. For a potential customers, JV partners, five introductions, whatever you name it. Once I have a number in my mind, I just keep going and I usually surpass my number. Yep. When I have a number. So I need to, all right, I've made two connections. Bingo. I need to do three more. Let's just keep going. And uh, it becomes a lot more fun 
when we do it together as a group. Hmm. Like there's like two or three of us, we go in and a networking event and then we're like, all right, where are you at? How many people have you met? Here's what's working for me. Here's what's not working for me and the rest of it. Well, and, and, and I like what you said about the group because as the, the wingman strategy can be really effective because there's a heuristic of introductions. So if I've never met you before, but I walk up to you and say, have you met Susie? And you say, no, I haven't. They're like, okay, great. I'd love to introduce you to her. And then I walk away. You've never met me before. I have no credibility. But because I made the introduction, in your mind, you're thinking, well, I must know him because who introduces a stranger? And now the person being introduced has an easier intro because they were introduced. That opened up the conversation. The introducer could come back later. They basically have an introduction because now you're thinking, who is that guy who introduced her? Who is this guy going around introducing people? He must be, he must be someone important. He's making introductions. And just by going around, and, and you could do this if you're uncomfortable at a network event, bring a friend and take turns introducing each other. Yeah. Or, and then also as you go out and meet people on your own, know what your partner's looking for. So when you meet somebody, if they're that connection, be like, have you met Mustafa? Yeah, you've oh, got to yeah. meet him. Let me bring you over to him. Yeah. Um, that's like networking on steroids. Mm-hmm. So, gang, if you're just joining me and uh, Michael here, if you have any questions about networking, if you have any uh, fears, frustrations, problems, issues, or baggage about networking and meet, meeting people, feel free to uh, put them in a chat box or in a comment below and we'll make sure to cover your questions. And as usual, if you know someone that could benefit from this conversation, which would be about 99% of people you know, uh, tag them in a comment and have them use these very useful tips. So here is the like networking on stirs that just Michael just shared. You bring in your people in, maybe two another person or five people or 10 people attending an event or a summit or a JV networking event together. Now, you guys all know about each other, you and your partner. Now, when I meet someone, I'd be like, I met just Stephanie. Stephanie's a good meet for Michael. Michael, yeah, Stephanie, you should definitely meet Michael. And we're all introducing each other. Now, because I by myself can only meet a certain number of people. Mm-hmm. But if I have Michael and other people looking up for me at an event, that's just networking on steroids. So that's yeah. like a million dollar tip for you if you're watching or listening. Yeah. And, and also the, the credibility on that is, is great too, because most people at an event are alone. Most people, you go to a conference, you go to a networking event, you rarely bring friends with you. I mean, sometimes you might all be for the same office, but usually you're on your own. So if you can bring someone with you and, you know, if you've heard someone's name twice before you meet them, they must be a big deal. Yeah. So if you're going around dropping the names of the other people in your team, in your party, uh, then you're building the credibility of everyone. And they might also be like, oh yeah, I'd like to meet him. Oh, is he, is he around? I'd like to make that connection. So you're right. building that credibility, opening those doors, making those connections. Um, and, and you can do you can do just as well without that, but it's going to be easier with it. And you're going to feel more confident, especially if you're uncomfortable. You're going to feel more confident. Um, and, and it's not going to work as well if there's like a pack of you. You don't want to be a, a gang traveling around together. That's intimidating. Be like, hey, meet me and 10 of my friends. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, one at a time, buddy. Um, but if you're there and you split up, maybe there's one or two of you together then, you know, making those introductions. Oh, oh, hey, hey, John. Yeah, come on over. I want to introduce you to somebody. Now you look like, you know, because think about the 
how, how that sounds, if you're talking to someone, they wave at someone across the room and wave them over. Oh, you must know somebody here. Oh, you must be connected. You know, sometimes I'll go to an event that's out of my area. I'm like, are you from here? No, I just came an hour early and met some people. And now they're like, oh, are you from Dallas? No, I've never been to Dallas before. But I showed up at four o'clock instead of five o'clock. And so I met five people ahead of time. And now I'm waving them down from across the room because they're afraid to talk to strangers. And they're super excited. I'm introducing them to people. And I look good and everyone else gets helped. All right. Someone is asking to share some tips on a starting out in a networking event and some points on a small talk and an elevator pitch, which we're going to get into. Um, actually, now probably is a good time to do it. Sure. Do you have any tips on starting out? Like you already talked about it, but on giving your elevator pitch. And uh, yeah, what do you what do you have to say about that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think the best way to give an elevator pitch is don't. Um, so I, it goes back to. Uh, and I don't know if the, the commenter was listening earlier, but I, I said, when you go into that conversation, you want to think about what problem can I solve for this person? I want to identify their problem and solve it because any business offering solves a problem. You know, my business solves the problem of, I don't have time to network. I know I need to. Mustafa, your business solves the problem of, I've got all these leads coming in and I need to follow up with them and engage with them. So if some, if you go to a networking event and you're like, you're feeling out from them. What do they do? What do they need? And they're like, yeah, we, we spent all this money, brought in a thousand leads to our webinar and we sold three of them and no one's opening their emails. Now you've got a conversation to have. And you can say, you know, funny you should mention that. I might have a solution for you. You're not going to an elevator pitch. You're going to an answer. And if they don't have the problem, you can pitch an elevator all the way to the top of the Empire State Building and they still won't care because they don't need what you have. So I don't worry about an elevator pitch so much. Now, I do like to have a short description because people are going to say, what do you do? And you'll be like, oh, don't worry about that. Let's talk about you first because then you feel evasive. But but I, I don't worry about having an elevator pitch in the sense of something that will get their attention. I'd rather find out what challenge they have, what problem they have, yeah, and then either solve it with an introduction or solve with an introduction to this guy right here who has the best solution to their problem. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I... I try to stay away from small talk and networking events. If somebody wants to engage in it, I'll engage in it. If you want to ask me, do you have any kids? I'm not going to be like, we're a networking event. Don't talk about my kids. I'm not going to ask about their kids because I don't care. So why am I asking about things that aren't relevant? Unless it comes up in conversation. I don't want to make those. Now, there is small talk you can do to make them feel like you care. Such as you ask them what their business is. You say, what do you love about that the most? Or what made you want to get into that? Or or what drives you in your business? You know, those questions are a little bit deeper, not really invasive, but a little deeper than the usual, you know, five W's. Um, but that's where you can get into meaningful conversation without being like, do you have any dogs? What was your last vacation? Um, it, it's bigger small talk. And it's small talk that may lead to opportunities to solve problems, possibly with your services, or, you know, to really deepen that relationship. Um, Michael, you talk about finding their challenges. Mm -hmm. How do you, um, steer towards their challenges? Like, so they're talking about, oh, what drives you? Well, you know, I'm really passionate about what I do and blah, 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 blah. What do you do here is what I do, but give me specifics on, on how you could drive down to their challenges and have them speak out because people don't talk about their challenges openly. Uh, I, 
So people are often pretty comfortable complaining if you give them the space to do it. I don't know if you spend any time on Facebook. How, I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> if you, if um, you, well, let's role play. Yeah. Shall we? So you just, let's, let's do it. Oh, role playing. Okay. What my challenges. All right. So, so, so we're role playing like an actual meeting at an event. Yeah. You just met me from the beginning. All right. Oh, geez. So I, I, I will first preface this by, I'm not sure I've been to a live event in quite a while. <laughs> So a lot of what I'm doing is one-to-one -one Zoom calls, so it's kind of a different vibe. But let's that's just, we just met on Zoom. Okay, let's, enough let's excuses. Zoom. Enough excuses, White House. Get to it. Put up or shut up. All right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Masaba, tell me about what you do. Um, our call center specializes in uh, customer retention. We help customers grow their sales by twenty percent in ninety days or less. That's what oh, that, we do. That, so, okay, so where, where do you find the people who are doing that for you? We do it through LinkedIn. We do it through amazing people like yourself, introductions, referrals. We have uh, a list of customers, and uh, that's how we do it. Where do you find the people actually making the calls? What do I find the people that make the calls? Mm -hmm. uh, they are um, they're all over the world, actually. Okay. Yeah, oh. and and so so the the clients so you find them through LinkedIn introductions. So who's who's your ideal client? Ideal client is establish a high six figure or seven figure business, who uh, who doesn't have enough resources to stay in touch with their list, and they're wasting a lot of money on new lead generation. Okay, and so at that point, you've now told me you haven't told me you have a problem, which is I need more clients, but I can assume you need more clients. Okay. And you've told me who your avatar is. So okay. from there, I could then say, do you know, um, do you know this person? Do you know that person? So for some, you know, everyone, almost everyone has a problem with any more clients. Yeah. Um, and now, now you may have other problems such as we can't handle the load we have, in which case when I said, where are you finding people? You'd be like, oh, I don't even worry about that. We can't take any more clients. Our problem is boom, boom, boom. Because um, now you need to explain why am I answering weird? You know, the, the assumption is, of course, everyone needs more clients. So if you're saying, I don't need more clients, you're going to feel the need to justify that probably. And that's going to lead down a different road of, you know, well, yeah, we really, our operations manager just quit. And so, you know, everything's going crazy, but, you know, we're holding it together. But, you know, now you've realized I need an operations manager. So maybe we have a connection there. Um, speaking of which, my wife is an amazing operations manager who is looking for an opportunity, if anyone's. Operations manager. Yeah. Executive assistant, you know, person who brings order to entrepreneurial chaos. She'd be amazing. I, I could probably hook her up in no time. Excellent. We should definitely talk more because yes. she needs a better job than the one she has. She is. So one thing that I've <laughs> come across recently is I've came across the book, The Challenger Sale. And in there, he talks about how most effective salespeople are challenger people. Who they, they're people who challenge their opponent in a way or two. And so one question that might um, that might bring out some challenges would be something like, so have you nailed down your lead gen process? Hmm. The answer would be, yep. hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so have you nailed down your offer? Yeah. Hell no. And that, 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 so this is a no response type of question that I learned from Chris Voss. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, you ask a question where people say no, and the people love to say no. Yep. 
Anna, you just yes, they do. But, see, guys, by doing the role play, mm -hmm. I just I we just came to the solution. Yeah. Uh, and as you just keep going and going, people will come up with something, and then you can ask a question. So, so you so you got a you got business figured out? They're like, no, absolutely not. Right? <laughs> any any issues? Anything uh, uh, you might be want want to work on? Yeah, I'm actually looking for anybody you're looking for. Yeah, I'm looking for so and so. You said your wife is looking for a position. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, and, and and yeah. The thing with the the challenge of the elevator pitch. Uh, so if you're going to have that kind of pitch description, keep it short. Yeah. Because, and I've found the longer an elevator pitch is, the more meaningless it tends to be. Yeah. The people with very specific. You know, I I I have I don't think I've ever met another networking concierge, and my description is I'm a networking concierge. Clients hire me to make introductions for them the people they need to meet. That's my pitch. That's the whole thing. It's like yeah. a sentence and a half. Whereas I'll meet a yeah. financial advisor and they're going on for five minutes about, oh, yeah, well, this is on the stock market and people need to protect their retirement. Like, I know what a financial advisor does, dude. And I have no idea how you're different from any other one <laughs> because you described every financial advisor. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, keep that short so you can then get more into the conversation and dive more into uh you know I, I love that question if you have a specific thing if, if you do lead generation then you can ask a question like what do you do for lead generation and some people are going to be like what's that mean you know if you're at a regular chamber event and you're talking to like a roofer or something they might say oh i'm on angie's list and that's the entire answer they have to that question and they got nothing else to go with if you're in the coaching space something like this they probably will talk about funnels and Facebook ads and getting on podcasts and, and other things, but it, it's going to reveal, even the lack of an answer can reveal the need because you may ask them, you know, do you know who your avatar is? A what? All right. You know, what kind of person you're dealing with and what level of business they're at if they don't know what certain terms mean. Uh, and, and, you know, you may sometimes, you're like, I love working with them because I want to teach them. And sometimes you're like, all right, well, great. I think I need to get another glass of wine. Because <laughs> um, there's people I meet who they don't network at the level I network at. By which I mean, I come into an event, I'm looking to solve problems. I'm looking to give. I'm looking to help. I'm looking to partner. I'm almost never saying to someone, this is my ideal referral for me as a client or you know, for me to hire or to hire me you know, send me customers because I know it's not going to work for one thing, unless someone actually asks me, who is your ideal referral? I'm thinking about how can we think bigger? And a lot of the people I talk to, they'll just say, I'm a realtor. I'm looking at people looking to buy or sell a house. And I'm like, you know how many, you know how many times someone's ever come to me and say, Hey, Michael, I need to buy or sell my house. Do you know a realtor? Zero times in eight yeah. years of actively networking Never have I ever saw someone come to me and say, I have this need. I've had a couple of times I've been able to refer people to realtors as I kind of dug it out. But for a realtor I've never met before at an event to tell me, so if you know anyone looking to sell a house, send them to me. I'm thinking to myself, I will definitely not do that because it's unlikely I'll meet them. And even if I do, I know 50 other realtors I'd refer first because I don't know you. And all I know is that you're desperate for clients which does not say good things. Absolutely. So so to answer your question on uh, starting out with networking and elevator pitch, so what I just said was uh, 
I, I guess the, the, the bottom line is go in there and start listening for how you can help and how you can connect. Mm-hmm. And then I guess there will be a point where they ask you, what do you do? Then you could give them your, your description, which must be very short in one line. I, I help X get Y and you just, you just stop. Mm-hmm. And if, if they're interested and if it's intriguing to them, they will ask follow-up questions. Oh, interesting. How do you do that? Right. Yeah. Who do you help? Who do you work with? How can I introduce you to, mm-hmm. and then you could, you know, open up more about them. But like Michael said, when they say, what do you do? That's not an invite for a five or 10 minute information puke, if you will. Because yeah. some people just start talking and they never stop. And yeah, if you get that, that, that polite uh, reaction where people are like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're just waiting for you to shut up. <laughs> you never do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's and, not a good thing, I guess. Yeah. And, and if you're, if what you do is complex, because maybe you do, you know, you have three businesses and you're doing five different things, figure out what the umbrella is that they can grab. Because also remember the human brain can only hold three pieces of information at a time. So if you're telling them about, I do this and this and this, and they're just glazing over. Like their brain cannot process the information you are giving them. So if I just say I'm a networking concierge, I introduce people to people they need to know. Then they're like, okay, this guy's a connector of some kind. Now they may then have a question. Well, how do you do that? What's the structure of that? How much do you charge? Who do you introduce? Who are your clients? But that's their question. And then I'm going to answer that question. And then they're yeah. going to ask another question and answer that question. But figure out kind of you know, what what is the what is the big picture? And if you do something unique, if you can have a headline that makes them say, whoa, what's that? What do you do? So, you know, I, I operate a call center that, that, that does follow-ups. Call. I've never met someone who operates a call center before. It's not a common job description. And they, what, you own one or you, you're a manager of one? Like, no, I own one. Oh, yeah. well, you're, you know, and now they're going to be interested. Whereas if you're like, oh, I operate a call center, blah, 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 and it's for these people and these people, and this is the problem. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're like, all right, cool. Oh, my wine glass is empty. Yeah. Got to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you leave that, leave the curiosity, leave the, make them want to know more and make them ask questions. Uh, and if you have three totally different businesses, pick one, be that, exactly. or better yet, make them talk first so you know what they need. So, you know, if you have, if you have uh, weight loss products and you're also a business coach and you also do home improvement, you're a handyman, um, then don't be like, oh, I do weight loss products. Now they're like, you're all over the place. Instead, talk to them. And get them to admit, you know, you talk to a couple minutes, and they're like, yeah, you know, my, my back's been kind of bothering me. My doctor said I need to lose some weight, but I don't know how. Okay, you're now a weight loss product guy. You're not a handyman, and you're not a business coach in this conversation because they've revealed a need for your weight loss products and not for your handyman services or your business coaching services. Absolutely. So very, very important tip that you just mentioned is listen first before you talk and share your your solution. because it may or may not be relevant to what they have, right? And by listening first, um, you kind of match your presentation to their needs and their problems. And they may not even be the right person for you to share and talk to, right? And you would would know that when they start talking, like, is this, do I even want to waste my time and share five minutes about what I do with someone that is absolutely irrelevant to what I do? Answer is probably not, right? So by Michael's great tip of listening first 
and then matching what you have to say to a, to their to that person uh i think you're going to increase your chances of success mm -hmm. significantly yeah and, and the other thing i do too um because i saw the comments about asking about what do you want to satisfy the first response i try to keep the conversation about them and their needs until they've identified a need and then i build strategic partnerships with other people whether they're affiliates joint ventures whatever so that my range of problems i can solve and get paid for increases so i have a very limited range of things that i myself do as a business but i have a number of partners that i might refer to if they reveal that need so the longer i keep everyone's got a problem everyone has something or they wouldn't be why is that a networking event if they if they don't have any problems in life everyone needs something and so if if you if you say what you do and they're like that's cool then what you do does not interest them and they do not need it or they don't understand what it is but either way talking more is not going to help so find out what their problem is you know what is the solution they need maybe they don't need networking services um because what they're really worried about is the fact that their kid just got arrested for the third time um and they need an introduction to a a child lawyer. therapist or a lawyer or a um a family a family counselor or something like that and and if you're going to start talking to them about you know the insurance programs you offer you're annoying them you're not providing yeah. information because also think about it like you think you have two hands to hold things in so think about your brain the same way and if you're just loading things into their hands they're eventually just going to go eh, my hands are full and they're going to walk away so you can't just dump in, they need somewhere to put it. So when you give them information, they just say, okay, where, where's this go? Where do I put, okay, this, oh, this goes on this shelf. Okay. All right, where's this go? Oh, my friend Bob could use an introduction to you. I'm going to introduce to Bob's shelf. But you need to be able to clear that piece of information so it goes on to the next thing. If you just keep dumping things in their hands, then, you know, it's like a scene out of a comedy movie. You're like, hold this, hold this, okay, hold this, and this, okay, one more thing. All right, and this suitcase, and this map, and this glass of water, and they're like, they can't hold all that knowledge. Absolutely. One thing I learned from uh, a, a famous coach uh, that I, her name is a skip, Laurel Langemeyer. Laurel, mm -hmm. um, she taught me that by asking questions and listening, you are actually in control. Yes. You huge. are directing and steering the conversation. Mm -hmm. But if you go out there and start puking on people about things that you do that, that may or may not be irrelevant to them, you're just wasting your time and their time. Mike, what's your experience with that? Yeah, that, that, that is that's absolutely correct. And I learned that in, you know, in sales training days, that the way you control a conversation is with questions. As long as if there's a question out there, they got to answer it. You can't you can't ask a question and someone be like, eh. And, and leave like that. That's that's some sociopath stuff right there. You know, if you ask a question, they feel the need to answer that before moving on. Now they might dismissively answer it and then move to the next thing. But but if you ask them a question, like we're hardwired, the questions must be answered somehow. Yeah. So if you're asking questions and keeep them going, plus remember, most people you're meeting at the event are anxious and they don't really want to run the conversation and they're afraid of having to be the one in control. So if you're asking questions and keeping control, they're comfortable. They're relaxed. This is true in sales. It's true in coaching. When I when I took training for transformational coaching, it's all questions. The coach is really not supposed to make any statements at all as much as possible, except for instructions on how to do an exercise. But the any statements are leading to 
a question because that's how the coach maintains control of the coaching session, but also makes sure that it is the client who's driving it. So sales, networking, coaching, it's all about the questions because that puts you in control, but also makes it so that it is the most powerful and valuable experience for the person you're talking to. Absolutely. So I think this is, would be a good segue to our next question is what's the best way to be confident about approaching people? How do you get ready for that? Which I think we already touched on it. I mean, we probably yeah. were just talking about it. What's the best way to be confident about approaching? Uh, well, so on top of knowing what you're going to do, like what you're doing it for saying the intention, uh, another thing would be re recognizing your own value, whatever it is that you, your unique value proposition. So you know, if you're if you're new in business and you're approaching a CEO, you're thinking he is better than me. But there's no objective ranking of people like, well, you're a level seven person and he's a level 14 person. You are seven levels below. Him. You know, he may be worth more money than him, but you're a better basketball player. Or he or, you know, she may be more influential than you, but you're funnier um, or even you've got the person who's, you know, rich and powerful, but their back hurts and you know, a good chiropractor, we've all got the same, the same needs. So, so think about what you're bringing for me, I've got my confidence from knowing I can make introductions. So yeah. I said, this person's got good value for me because I'm going to make a connection for them. Um, and there seems to be a question from the audience. Yeah. So, uh, next question from Adele says, uh, how do you keep track of all the contacts you make at those events? Uh, so at, at live events, um, each one hands me a little piece of paper with information on it. And I put notes in the back of it, um, nice. which I'm going to, to share some commentary, carry business cards, having only a digital business card, not a, not a paper business card does not make you cool and does not make you modern. It makes you inconvenient for real networkers to network with. Um, was that opinionated enough? So the, the way I networked, I will ask someone for their card. I will put the notes of whatever I need to remember about them on the back of their card, which means don't get UV coded cards and don't get double-sided cards. Ideal card is white on the back and you can write on it. Um, apparently in Asian cultures, that's insulting. Uh, I've heard, but I'm in the United States. If it's white on the back? No, no, if you write on the back of a card. Um, they don't in like some it. culture, that's insulting. In the US and Canada, you can write on the back of business cards. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> when I travel to Asia, I'll worry about that then. But um, but so I take the business card and so I've got on my desk here, a whole stack of business cards. I haven't been to an event in a month and I'm sure I've already done what I need to do with these, but so I've got a bunch of business cards and nice. sometimes I put notes. Sometimes I remember what it's for. Um, and then have something to do with those cards. Cause I'm not going to keep track of those cards. I mean, they're there cause I haven't thrown them out. So I'm like, Oh, this might be important later but I'm not gonna look at them again. So I'm gonna take them home. I'm going to do whatever I said I'd do that I wrote a note on the back of the card about. So make an introduction, email for a follow-up call, add them to my follow-up email list, call them, whatever it is, I'm gonna, they, that card stack is a stack of to-dos, which is why if someone doesn't have a card, they will not get in the stack. And I could put them on my to-do list, I could write a note in my hand, the chances of, unless they are someone I really, really, really want to meet, the chances that they will get followed up by me. I mean, generally I'll hand them my card and be like, all right, cool. Here's my card. Contact me. And they don't. Um, but so I use the card as a to-do to do, follow-up list and then follow up. 
And so I am not terribly organized with follow-ups. That's something I always like to share. Some people, the two things, I'm not as extroverted as you, so I can't be a networker, and I'm not organized, so I can't be a networker. Well, my extroversion distracts me because I'm too busy going to parties, treating them like parties, and being like, meeting people! I get distracted from the conversation I'm supposed to have. And organization, I don't have. Uh, the only organization I have, actually, is a spreadsheet of introductions I make. So two columns, two names, and um, that's what I've introduced. And then a separate spreadsheet of introductions made for me, people who have been sent to me that I put the names on. That's my whole networking organization system. That's part of what my clients pay for is to be top of mind all the time because my organization system is my clients are my whiteboard. Them I always remember. Everyone else, it's as I'm talking to someone. And so in the course of the conversation, I'll figure out what is the value I can provide? What is the connection we need to make? Where's this going to go? And sometimes it's, I don't know where it's going to go, but it's, there's something, let's do a follow-up call. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm going to put them on, uh, I created an email list of networking events in Southeast Connecticut. So anyone I meet by default, I say, hey, I've got a list of all the networking events in Southeast Connecticut. Would you like to be on it? Because you're at a networking event, you probably want to know about others. They do that. Boom, they're on my list. Now I can contact them about other things passively because I might not know I want to work with this particular person, but I want them in my in my tribe. Absolutely. Um, but then, you know, eight out of 10 people you meet, there will actually not be any value to immediately present to each other. Um, I think that's the fear is like, I'm losing these contacts. I'm losing track of them. Well, okay. You might meet them again. You might not. You don't have to make value out of every single connection that you ever make. Yeah. Yeah, you got to know. I mean, there's a, there's an 80-20 there, right? Mm -hmm. There's only, probably only 10 or 20% of people that you meet that are actually going to do something for you. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> answer your question, and you've, we've talked about being confident in networking all, all conversation long. So the first one of the first things that we mentioned was having your goal and your intention before you go in, knowing mm -hmm. what you want. Then I think the biggest confidence booster is knowing the fact that you're going to go in and listen Mm -hmm. And by questioning and probing, you're going to steer the conversation, <clears throat> right? I don't think you could be any more confident. But like, there's no other way to become more confident than in networking, yeah. right? And you have your, you know what you want, you know what you provide. And there may very well be a, a, a case where you really can't do anything with this person, which you, you know, politely, you know, leave and, and start another conversation. Mm -hmm. Um well, Michael, I feel like we could talk another good two hours very yeah, easily, very easily. Now, you are sharing a gift uh, with us and with our network. Uh, could you tell us about the ebook and the audiobook that you're sharing? Absolutely. So I wrote this book called The Guy Who Knows a Guy, um, which basically details my story from 2014 to becoming the guy who knows a guy and, and how I did that. Um, so if you go to guywhoknowsaguy.com and you put your email address in at the top of the page there, you will get the ebook of The Guy Who Knows a Guy. And then, because I know I personally have never read an ebook beginning to end of any length, I recorded it as an audiobook. So you can get the MP3, also no cost, just put your email address in at guywhoknowsaguy.com and you will get the MP3 of the audiobook read by the author. That's me. So if you like my voice, get it. If you don't like my voice, well, heck with you. Don't. Get it if you don't like it. But nice. I think you like my voice. And I think you want to hear my book. So go to guyknowsaguy.com, put your email address in there and listen. And you'll find many of these tips I just shared right there in the book. Love it. So, gang, if you're watching or listening, go to uh, Guy 
who knows a guy.com. That's literally how the domain is. Guy who knows a guy.com. Download Michael's ebook and listen. The audiobook is also included for free. Listen to it for networking tips and how uh, you can improve your uh, skills in your game when it comes to networking. Um, love it, love it, love it. Now, gang, if you're watching or listening and you're live with us, please do me a favor and like the show, write a comment, ask a question, and or share it with your network. That will help us get the message out there. Now, uh, Michael, can I ask you some personal questions? Ooh, personal questions. Is that okay? Now we're getting serious. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so what's a new thing you've tried recently? A new thing that I have tried recently, uh, not working on weekends, uh, but that's more of a business weekends. development than uh, a new thing. Um, yeah, I've not really had the opportunity to do a lot of new and different things recently because I am so busy. Although my wife and I did take a weekend off together for the first time since the start of the pandemic. We have a, a seven-year-old daughter. So trying to get time with just the grown-ups is challenging. So we actually took a weekend off. Um, we we're going to take a trip. We ended up making a staycation. We went to a local local restaurant. My wife had a gift card for. We went out to breakfast. It was, uh, it was actually pretty nice. So, yeah, so the thing that uh, apparently should have been doing all along, I just started doing. So that's, Very nice. that's my new thing is being a better husband. Good, good. What are your top favorite books? Books that have made a massive difference in your life or business or books that you recommend all the time? Uh, well, uh, Never Read Alone by Keith Ferrazzi uh, was the first networking book I read that got me started on this path. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is a classic that everyone should read. If you haven't, you should. Uh, it's it's a fun, easy read, unlike a lot of those. Like It's a great book, but oh my God, this was actually a fun one. Um, and The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, I, re I read fairly recently, and there was a lot of parts of that that really resonated with me. And and were pretty powerful in my thinking. Love it. Three very powerful books. Uh, what's one advice that made a massive change in your life or business hmm. or impact? I think one of the, the tips someone pointed out to me was that you don't have to be making a lot of money to be seen as good at what you do. So in the business coaching space, a, a broke business coach is not a good business coach because they're teaching people how to make money. A broke mindset coach is not a good uh, money mindset coach. Is you know I, you wouldn't necessarily trust them. Like don't trust a bald barber or a skinny chef. But on the other hand, a broke you know if if you've got a uh, nutrition coach who has no money, well they might be really great at nutrition. Are they healthy looking? And same thing. Someone told me you don't need to have money to be a good networking coach because just because you can make connections doesn't mean you can monetize them. And that's like, oh yeah, that's true. I make other people all kinds of money. <laughs> this is before I, I had my network concierge program as effectively monetizing. I was making other people all kinds of money. And so realizing it's not about how much money is my bank account for how good I am. It's about how well I connect people and how well I can teach other people to connect people because that's what I do. So unless you're teaching people to make money, how much money you have doesn't reflect how good you are. Very interesting. Very interesting. Michael, if you had a if you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone on Facebook or Google, people across the world could see a message, what would your message be for the people of the earth? 
Hmm. Message for the people of the earth. I think the most important, if I could share a message and get it into people's heads, it is that there is enough for everyone. And that the more we work together, the more there is. So abundance. There is enough for everyone. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Michael, before we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, one final tip I'll share is that if you want to be a connector, the one thing you have to do to become a connector is decide to be a connector. You decide, I'm going to make connections for people. You'll figure out the tactics once you've made the decision that you're going to be a connector. Absolutely. And gang, if you're watching or listening, um, being or becoming a connector and connecting people is a solid business. And I'm sure Michael could coach you or show you how to do that and you could run a healthy business out of that right i mean there are people that that's what they do all day long including michael they just connect people and uh, they could run a healthy business out of that so thank you for joining me gang if you're watching or listening uh, if you have any questions put them in the comments below or send them to me and michael go download michael's uh ebook and audiobook uh the guy who knows a guy uh, the website is guy who knows a guy.com go download it and listen to it and reach out michael if you want some networking concierge done for you services introductions and the rest of it michael could do it for you and if you want some guidance from him go do it uh thank you for joining me i look forward to uh, seeing you in our next episode my name is mustafa Hosseini, and you've been listening to daily confidence for entrepreneurs bye now